Welcome to The Actor and the Actuary, as we two guys in opposite states talk about our careers, our life in completely two different worlds, as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Jeff, good evening. Good evening, Aaron. How's it going today? Oh, fan friggin dastic All right. Well, um, first things first. Yep. What are you drinking over what there? Are drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? 1924 Cabernet Sauvignon. 1924. Yeah, that was it, a good year. That's some expensive uh, wine. 97 years old. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty good. Classic. Actually, it says it was made in 2019. If you have been listening this far, you've realized that I really just drink Cabernet. <laughs> Yeah, but at least there's like different names. I mean, that's how. Oh, yeah, cool, right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just making them up as we go. Perfect. This actually well, is another bourbon barrel aged um, double black cab. Ooh, yeah, you're you're a fan of those bourbon barrel cabs. I do. I like them. Aaron, what are you drinking? Ah, well, I have got a whiskey cherry. <laughs> I got some whiskey and some if cherry I juice. Anything about Aaron's list? There are a lot of fruity flavors we got vodka cran vodka palm whiskey cherry mule fireball hot cocoa (laughs) what really happened is uh jess has been on it a bit of a like 100 juice kick and i'm like these are great mixers (laughs) i hear you i hear you good well jeff we are here today to talk a little bit about divorce oh so Okay. Um, See you later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a topic that everyone loves to talk about. Um, I guess I have not been divorced. You have, I guess my first question is, do you like to talk about divorce? Wow. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have been. And do I like talk, you know, I, I don't, uh, hide from it. I think it's something that needs to be talked about. I think it's something that is important to talk about. And unfortunately, is something that is very prevalent in our culture uh, today and at a growing rate. So I think it's something we can't avoid and something that, yeah, should be addressed. So yes, I like talking about it. So if you, uh, using your own personal experience that you've mm-hmm. had, how would you describe divorce in, if you had Let's give you a max of three words. Uh, okay. Uh, pain, numb, uh, and confusion. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. What, so what, what's something that for those people that have not gone through divorce, dive into that a little bit. Why are those the three words that you, that you have? Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that cuts to the core of who you are. And honestly, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. My worst enemy, I would not wish this. It is, it is a pain that goes deep uh, into you and it it is awful to the point to where you're numb on the inside on days. There's days you can't eat. There's days that you can't think there's days you can't move. Um, You're kind of in this like bubble of confusion because I will say, at least from my own perspective, you don't really know that it's coming until it's come. And that's not to say that it's necessarily one person or the other. It's just, it's how uh, I think crumbling marriages happen and then you don't address it. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, lack of good communication and quality time and things like that, that we can get into. But I think it's something that you know, it it can sneak up on you. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about so that you can always be evaluating the health of your marriage so that you don't hit that pain. 
So I think you, you may have already alluded to the answer to this question, but uh, why do you think it's so prevalent today? Um, I, it's tough to say. I think um, it's kind of been a little bit more culturally acceptable for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know. I think it's something they're like, hey, let's just uh, let's just try it. If it doesn't work, then it then let's you know let's part ways. I think there has to has to do a lot with uh, improper foundations. I think there's a lot of uh, an increase maybe in um, premarital moving in and premarital sex and all that kind of stuff that definitely play into the factor of a successful marriage. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, if you, if you aren't actively trying to, um, work on in your marriage, then it's something that will actively be crumbling to, to one point or another, all the way to failure or to unha- unhappiness, at least. I think that's something that needs to be addressed more culturally, something that needs to be talked about more rather than accepted. So in, um, in your personal experience, um, I, I'm assuming that both you know, maybe a, a less than perfect foundation and less than perfect communication. Both of those were factors that ultimately led to divorce. Is there one that you think was um, more important or um, that was a greater factor? Yeah. I mean, I think there was um, unhealthy boundaries, but I think there was also unhealthy communication or lack thereof. I think we were pretty young Um which isn't to say that that's not possible. I think, um, especially in the Midwest, you know, out of my siblings, I was actually the oldest to get married um, at 23. Um, wow, but, you were the oldest, man. Yeah, my sister and brother that. both had gotten married before 23 and have very successful wow. marriages and healthy marriages. And so that's what I, I say is on top of that, it's like, it's something that you have to understand the cultural change, which I think played an impact where I wasn't in the Midwest. I was in a Midwest mindset, getting married in a Western culture, which is a little different. There was more things that just weren't accepted in California as much. And so like trying to fit in as a married couple young was not really, there weren't other married couples there. And that's not, again, not a good excuse. It's something that we should have actively been aware of and actively poured into other people or try to find the help that you could get out here. And that just, that was a struggle. So all that to say the it started with a, that rocky foundation of not knowing where to put our foot. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you think there was a certain moment or a certain situation that was um, like the point of no return? No, I mean, we, um, I think when we started realizing like, hey, I mean, I remember a question being posed to each other was, hey, have you ever, have you actually ever thought about divorce? And it was like a unanimous, like, yeah, like, unfortunately, we both had like thought about it. And it was one of those things where like, "Ah, I think we need to like get some help. (laughs) And so we did, we actually started in therapy and started trying to talk through it. And there was just at that point in time, there was so we had snowballed so far down that we hadn't even realized how far from the surface we were of health. And so there was just all these other factors in play. And um, our work lives didn't line up. And, you know, we found out certain things that were struggles and pressure points. I mean, at that point in time, we were literally living in a, such a small one bedroom apartment. We were sharing a car. Like there was all these things and we were still trying to both pursue careers, pursue an Mm -hmm. industry that is difficult, but also we were so far apart mentally that it just, 
it, every time we came back to each other, we were missing constantly. And then we didn't have a good, um, good, healthy communication line set up from the beginning. And that, that struggled. So is, um, this, this might be a, a hard question to answer, I guess, broadly, but is divorce, uh, ever the right decision? I don't think it's a hard answer. I think the answer is no. I, I, I don't think it's the right decision. Um, and I know that that like is going to bump some people weird, but I, I would say hear me out because I do love the life that I have. I do love my wife now. I do love the daughter I have that I wouldn't, you know, if that quote unquote marriage would have worked. Yeah. There is something so beautiful about the redemption of the God I believe in that takes away that what if or that pain that existed from that moment and he gave something new he gave new life he you know brought dry bones to rattle you know and that was like a uh, an incredible thing that has been given to me a gift that I don't take for granted a gift that I'm so blown away by every day but that doesn't mean that it justifies the act of divorce. It is something that happened. And as a result, um, I sought healing on my own self. I sought a better relationship and better communication. I found where those areas floundered in my first marriage and I set up a better boundary to my next. And so I can't classify one to, in comparison to the other. That That's all a gift, but it, it is not something that I think is the result. I think the result is healing that marriage working through those difficulties and finding a way to make it work. I think that's priority number one. So if, if I were a betting man and I am a betting man, you are um, power blackjack folks. This guy, oh, send it back. Yeah. Send it back. Give me, give, give me another face. Um, I would bet that somebody listening uh, to this right now is considering divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, what would you say to that person listening to this? That's considering divorce. I would, I would say I'm first off, sorry, what you're going through, because I know that pain that is so entwined in your core. Um, and that, that, that makes me hurt just knowing that somebody is going through that, you know, that is, I can't even, I can't even explain it. Like, yeah, you can associate it to some other kind of pain in your life. Just like I couldn't understand you know, we previously talked about your dad passing. I couldn't begin to understand what that feels like. Um, but I, there's a different type of pain that I don't think you could understand unless you go through it. And if people are going no. through it, that that's a, that's a hard core pain. So I, I first say, I'm sorry. And I, I, at the same time, I would suggest and hope that they are finding people, friends, um, family support system, somebody that they can just talk to. I think that's the hardest. Number one is to one admit that there's trouble. Um, that was a hard call for me, a hard call to my mom. That was a hard call to my family. That was a hard call to make and say, Hey, I'm, I'm not okay. We're not okay. I think that's boundary number one that you have to get through. And I would encourage somebody listening, going through a dip. Hey, before anything, make sure you're talking to somebody. And two, make sure you're looking for help because I think that, you know, it's so easy to be like, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to check out or I'm done because I have all these reasons, right? 
but I think it is important to go and seek professional help. And I think there's such a negative connotation with counseling in this culture, but it is so important to do. It is going to drastically change not only your take on it, but as a couple, whether you go individually or go as a couple, I think always go as a couple if you're both willing um, to seek repair, but that'll, that'll help, um, to the max to, to, to at least start talking. And I, and part three of that is, you know, you will begin to uncover that, Hey, you know what? It may not just be some issues with the other person. Cause that's generally what everybody thinks. Well, I mean, you know what they did. Do you, do you have any idea? But it's like, the yeah. more you talk, not only with your friends or family, but a therapist or whoever, as long as you're talking, you start to realize like, Oh, I'm contributing to this, to this mess as well. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you brought up that part about talking to someone. I think even as, as we're talking right now, like I feel a little uncomfortable because th this is a situation that I haven't been in. And so I imagine there are also listeners out there that, um, are, are friends or are close to people that are mm. going through this. How can they best help somebody who is going through something like this? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's critical because, uh, like you said, if you're not going through it, you most likely know someone who is, or even is, and they haven't told you yet. And I think when you find that out, the first thing that they need is physical in-person support. Um, it, it is something that is, is drastically important, uh, to where they show up physically for you, um, I can say that in the time of all of this going down and this separation before divorce that I was going through, you and Joel came out. Kevin, my other friend, came out. Yep. Pe people showed up. You know, my brother, my dad, my family came out. There, there was a, there was an intense support that it wasn't just about, hey, I'm going to have a call with you. There was something so important about seeing, especially, you know, when I was living far away from home, it's maybe a little easier if you're in the same city, but I was 2000 miles away from what I truly knew, what I truly grew up with, what the, the connection that I truly had with people was 2000 miles away. And those people showed up. Um, and that was, that was important to me because it, it showed that I wasn't forgotten in who I was at the core. And then they had an intentional check-in with me. They reminded me of me. They reminded me of who I was. It was just yeah. a refreshment um, that I think is first and foremost, number one thing that those people can do is, is show up. And I mean, show up in person and say, Hey, I'm here. Even if that's all you do. We just, we spent time hanging out and that's what it was. You know, we just, right. we spent time hanging out together and it really wasn't a whole lot more than that. Um, I remember like thinking, oh, should I bring up, should I, you know, should we talk mm -hmm. about this with him or mm -hmm. should we not, should we, or should we not? Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't remember if we did, I kind of think we didn't, um, we're, we, we're not exactly a deep talking bunch when we're all together. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it, it was exactly what I needed too. I just needed my friends and I needed in a sense to forget some of the pain and just remember that I have some joy in my life. And uh, I think that's definitely what was accomplished that week. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, I think it can feel difficult for people who don't know what what others are going through to be there for people and just, you know, realize that being there is enough. But I think that that's... Um, yeah, you don't have to fix it. 
it's not your job to fix it. They, they are working through that, whether they talk about it or tell you all the problems or anything. It's not, you don't, you're not going with an agenda. You're not going, okay, I'm here now, you know, just unload on me and let me tell you what you should do because I have a successful marriage or, or tell me what's going on and I'll, and I'll, I'll give you some advice because I've read this book, you know, like that is don't do that. That is what so many people fail to (laughs) assume is like, I know what you're going through. I've done all of these things. And this is every, every situation, every marriage marriage is different. But what is unique is the relationship that those friends have, that those families have, that you show up and say, I'm just here. I'm sad with you. I'll cry with you. I'll I'll be here with you. Whatever it is, like it's important to just be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good to hear. Um, So one other aspect I wanted to ask you about is, you know, we're, we're both Christians um, belong to a church how did your how did your church or those um, you know associated with your church respond to this? Because I've heard of a lot of negative reactions um, to divorce in a church setting. It, it's it's funny that you asked that because um, you know I, I I started going to that church. This was uh, I started going in 2010. My marriage started falling apart in 2013 ish 2013 2000 yeah 2013 2014. And, um, I remember making that call, uh, it was a hard call to make. Like I said, these are, these calls are hard. I called, um, the guy who I can call him a mentor. He's currently actually still my Bible study leader. He's um, been just a guy who's just been there. Um, and I called him, his name's Kevin as well. Different Kevin. I guess I like Kevin's. <laughs> I can and change I, my name if you want. All right, Kevin. Um, <laughs> And I called him and I told him and he, cause like he knew both of us, right? Like this is what I'm talking about is like, you don't know uh, the difficulties some marriages are going through because you can hide it so well. Yeah. You see the Facebook version of people, right? Yes. You see the social media version and it's like, that's, that's oh they're happy. But I'm telling you, man, under the rock behind the door, there is pain in every marriage and every marriage is working it out. And some of them are working out harder than others. And some of them are not working. And it's important to be checking in with your friends. Hey, just checking in. How you doing? How's your marriage? Because I had this call with Kevin number four, Kevin. And I said, (laughs) Kevin, this is what's happening. I'm, you know, my, my marriage is failing and, and, uh, and, um, Erica, my, my ex-wife is moving out. And he was like this, that funny. Yeah. Funny. That's, that's a bad joke. And I said, uh, I'm, I'm totally not Mm, joking. Didn't even believe you. He didn't believe me. I said, dude, I'm, I'm not joking. I wouldn't be joking about this. Mm. And he goes, Jeff, this is a really, really sick joke because in about three seconds, I'm going to change tones because I don't know if you're joking. So if you're joking, you got to tell me right now. And I said, Kevin, I'm not joking. And everything changed about that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was important because again, you one, you're not knowing that you're not sharing the truth in even close circles like church or friends. You got to be honest with what's happening. You're not talking about relationship pain with friends and nobody's going to know or nobody's going to take you seriously. And that was one thing where it's like, dang, even like these closer people at church have no idea. So as you can imagine, I'll just kind of brief overview the church view here because, um, you know, as things kind of started going downhill and uh, we started spending less time with each other and obviously she started going somewhere else to a different church and things like that. It's like I was showing up alone and I just remember 
a couple different people. And I'll say this one other lady was on, um, I think like a prayer team or something. And I just remember her coming over to me because I think she had a similar past and just said that she was so sorry and that she was just there for me. And that some of those like check-ins, just even just making sure like, Hey, just checking in like at the end of the service. Cause I always sat in the corner. I always was out before I was, before, I was last to arrive and first to leave because I didn't want to yeah. associate with people. I didn't want to go pray with people. I didn't want I just needed to know that I needed to be in that building, but I did not want to talk to anybody. And I think that yeah. was one of the tr- troubles I went through. Hmm. So ha- have you, have there been people that you have felt judged by? Um, I think there's, there was conversation often like, well, forget her or, well, you know, there was a lot of bad talk and I'm sure there was on the other side too, because you side with the person that it's like, well, it could not be their fault. I just remember always being like, but it, you stop, don't say that. Like I am, I'm looking for reconciliation. I am going to like try to date her. I'm going to try to like figure this out. And I think it's important that my close friends don't cut her out, you know, like let's, let's be on the same team here. And I think that's something that is really important because if you make your friends, the enemies of the person you're trying to work through, whether you realize you're trying to work it or not, then you are only making the problem worse. Hmm. It's just, it's it's important. It's important not to uh, demonize the other, the other person. It, It is very much a two person street divorce. Yeah, I've definitely, I, I think I've, in speaking to, to people who are going through it, I think I've, in my perspective, when you're talking with, you know, with a buddy who's going through that, it, that's kind of an easy thing to go to, you yeah. know, like, because you, you're seeing, you're seeing the one side and you're seeing the pain and you are mad at the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's almost like you have a small version of the pain that your buddy is going through. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're trying to take it out, but that's probably not that, you know, you're not helping. That's exactly right. And so you're like trying to understand the pain and you're trying to fix it because you're like, I'm not okay with the fact that you're not okay. And I like us. We're a good team. We're good friends here. So like, if you're hurting, then I'm going to hurt. I want to fix that. Like, screw that. Okay. Let's move on. Cause you know, I can solve my own pain. And that is like the opposite of what a friend and what a family member should do. They should embrace the pain and say, I'm here for you. I understand this is hard. Yeah. What do you need? Well, this is, I mean, this has been really helpful. I mean, I think if we had had, I guess you probably wouldn't have been able to have some of these conversations, but you know, when you were actually going through this, but I know, um, when you were, it's, it's always hard to go deep, but it seems like, like Mm -hmm. anytime you take that step and you go deep with your friends, um, you know, you, you are going to, enter a new level of understanding. And so like, I've enjoyed our conversation tonight just for that. that Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I will say this, I had a, I had like a blessing in my separation um, where I was, you know, I was, I was married and we were living together and then she moved out and we were still trying to make it work separated and try to figure out that. And I had a a buddy reach out and say, Hey, I'm, I'm losing my place. I need a few weeks to stay. And I was like, yeah, man, I got space. (laughs) Like, yeah, you can come live with me. His name is Barnabas, not Kevin. And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, come, come stay with me. And and he became a, a much closer friend during that time and uh, ended up, ended up living with me until I got remarried, which is 
incredible, um, which was, you know, multiple years. So uh, what a two week turned into a multiple year roommate of something and a person who I think is just so genuine. And I actually got to know on a personal level without the intention, simply because he showed up and he showed up in a way that I needed somebody to show up. And I, you know, I've kind of told him this, but I mean, at, at the same time, it's like, as you look back and reflect of the important things in life, the one thing that he did he would come in and, you know, you would go through as, as you, if you are going through this or, you know, somebody going through this, you know, that there's just really hard days and better days. And on a hard day, it's just hard to move. It's hard to do anything like that. And he would walk in the door. I remember him seeing me on the couch one day, I could feel his like presence walk in and he looked at me and I looked at him and I was like crumbling and he just came and he just sat next to me. He didn't Mm. say anything. He just sat next to me. He didn't put his arm around. He just sat, he just sat there. And I just bawled. Hmm. And then he put an arm around me and he did not say anything. He just sat there after like ugly two dudes crying on a couch. (laughs) He just said, I love you. And he walked away. (laughs) And like that, it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, man, Barnabas showed up for me that day. He was present because all he did was sit next to me and all I needed was somebody to do it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, um, yeah, thanks again for this chat. Is there anything else that we didn't get to that you, you know, you, you want to leave people with on this topic? You know, I, I think uh, just know that you're not alone. I, I think this is, uh, you know, we, we say it jokingly because we have no followers, but, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to <laughs> reach out, someday. if you want to reach out, please do. I mean, I, I'm, we're seriously soundboards. We may not uh, sound like we have it all together, but Aaron and I have at least been through some stuff. And so uh, we're all, we're all about um, listening and being a voice of just uh, support. You know, if you got no one else to turn to, you know, you got uh, an email that Aaron's going to kick you with. That's right. That would be the actor in the actuary at gmail.com. Yep. We get back to 100% of our emails. <laughs> it is what it is. hundred percent. Yep. And Jeff, thanks for being vulnerable. I know you um, you've helped uh, those listening and you've definitely helped me gain a better perspective too. So thanks. This has been Aaron, the actuary. And I'm Jeffrey, the actor. See you next time. Thanks for listening.